Uh, welcome to another episode of the Successful Driver Podcast here hanging out in the Clear Simple Used Truck Buying Studios, talking to Nick Hewitt with Professional Transportation Services Incorporated. Nick, I am so excited to be talking to you today. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. You bet. Yeah. Hey, we, uh, we, we, we love getting to talk to, to people from a wide ranging perspectives in the industry. And, you know, you've got a lot of experience. I'm not aging you, uh, but you have a lot of experience in the trucking industry. I just want to hear your story, how you got started and, and where you're at now and how you wound up here. Um, actually I was, uh, learned early in life that I was academically not gifted. And my parents realized this, so I got pushed into vocational school while I was in high school and learned to be machinist and welder. And I did that for a few years. And then the new boss of our shop and I didn't get along. So I found myself unemployed at age 21. And I thought, well, here I am. I've got an opportunity to do anything that I want. What would you like to do? And I thought, gosh, I said, it'd be really cool to be able to see the country and get paid for it. So um, I started asking around for jobs and was turned down by most places. And I found this small little trucking company in Stephen City, Virginia. And they said, well, do you, back then it was a chauffeur's license. It wasn't a CDL. I said, do you have a chauffeur's license? I said, no. They said, well, go down to DMV, get your chauffeur's license, and come back and see us. So I went down that day to DMV in Virginia. And they just had one question. Have you driven such a vehicle over 500 miles? Yes or no? And I checked the yes box. (laughs) And got handed my chauffeur's license. Boy, things have changed a little bit, huh? Oh, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, that's how you got your uh, your first introduction to the trucking industry. What happened from there? Well, uh, see, I worked for them for about a year. and But I was driving really old trucks. I was driving a 1962 F model Mac with an old 220-horsepower uh, Mac engine with a, what they call a triplex, which was a five speed on one box, three on the other. Mm. And um, the folks down the street were hiring and they had brand new trucks. So I, I went down there for a job. And by the way, I'm still great friends with Athey Trekking, the people who got me started. Uh, I still go, when I'm back in Virginia, see them every time I'm back there. Nice. Um, and so I went to work for them and uh, then I decided that I wanted to, you know, have my own truck. So I did my first truck through North American Van Lines, which a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike a lot of folks, uh, I actually managed to pay my truck off and took it with me when I went. Wow. And ended up, uh, uh, went to work as an owner operator for Melton Truck Lines. It was back then was in Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, that oh, was wow. logo back then. <laughs> How about uh, that? Yeah, they yeah uh, they've since moved to Tulsa. They got bought out by somebody else. Anyway, long long story. Um, I stayed an owner operator for a lot of years, 
And uh, I ended up working for a small company in Sweet Home, Oregon, uh, which is still around, Ram Trucking. Um, and during my time there, I was already thinking that I needed to get off the road because I've been through a divorce and, and because I was gone so much was the cause of the divorce. And I thought, gosh, if I don't need any kind of home life at all, I need to get off the road. So our dispatcher quit unexpectedly and I applied for the job. I was told that, no, they'd already made a selection. And I went back to them and said, uh, okay, you've interviewed several people. I said, I want to be interviewed too. So I got interviewed and sure enough, I got the job and that's when <laughs> I came off the road. Nice. Um, worked for them for another, worked for them for a total of 10 years. And uh, the owner of Ram Trucking back then, he's not, he's not the owner anymore. The people that own Ram Trucking now are, are wonderful people. But the, the, the guy who was the boss back then was getting increasingly unethical. And I, I couldn't attach my name to it anymore. So I quit and uh, went to work as an agent for a small trucking company back east. And that didn't last very long. And then uh, I ended up going to work as an agent for PTSI that was stationed in Boise, Idaho. Did that for a few years very successfully. They kept every promise they ever made. And then in uh, December 1st, 2008, they called me up and said, look, um, we feel bad. Uh, look, uh, we don't think it's recession is going away anytime soon. And um, so we're going to close down the business as of the first of the year. I went, oh, that means that Ruth and I, my wife, uh, need to find something to do. They said, yeah. Well, while we were trying to make a plan, they called me up the next day and said, look, we feel bad about what we're doing to you. Now, back then, PTSI was entirely owner operators. And as far as, uh, and they had a server and a trucking program, which I was instrumental in getting for them because when I went to work for them, they were, Completely on paper. Nothing was computerized. Anyway, uh, they called me up the next day and said, look, we feel bad about what we're doing to you. If you can pay off our receivables, we'll just give you the company because we were just going to shut it down anyway. It turned out that my uh, we needed to borrow about $750,000 to pay off our receivables and have enough cash to operate on. My wife is responsible for getting us here. She um, she first told me, she said, there's no way in God's green earth anybody's going to loan us that kind of money. 2008, if you remember, right. was, was, was horrible. Right. But she put together such a wonderful spreadsheet showing past performance, future projections, costs, you know, everything. And we took it to our local bank. And they initially told us, no, we don't finance trucking companies, period. 
But they looked at it and they called us up two days later and said, this is so well done. We have to finance it. And they did. Awesome. So here we are. Now we have transitioned from being entirely owner operators to being part owner operators, but mostly uh, company owned trucks. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that was we were having issues with our owner operators because they had older trucks. We were getting a lot of small, nothing ever major, but small things on our safety record. And it pushed our safety score over the uh, threshold and we got audited and the audit didn't go well and we needed to be audited. I'll be the first to say that we needed to be audited. So it was a real wake up call for us. Uh, then we made the decision to transition into company owned trucks where we would have complete control of the maintenance and, and, you know, what, what was and wasn't done to them. And uh, we got very, very, very serious about safety, even to the point that we went to ELDs, you know, electronic logs, four years before they were mandated. Oh, wow. Uh, we could see, and I, I could actually show you the statistics, ELDs made us a better, safer company. I can't tell how many small trucking companies still hate these ELDs. I will tell you, Beyond a shadow of a doubt, it made us a better company. No question about it. You can see it in our safety scores. You can see it in our driver's attitudes. You can see it across the board. It made us a better company. Wow. Um, that's that, that's very interesting. Um, why do you think that is? Well, I had one driver that explained it really, really well. He came to me because I thought he was going to be the hardest sell on ELDs, you know, because <laughs> he was a hard runner and, and was very good at creative writing. And uh, anyway, he came to me after using an ELD for about two months. He said, you know, he said, I thought I was going to hate these, but I like them. He said, and here's the reason why. So before when we were writing paper logs, I would wake up at two in the morning and I start thinking, gosh, if I just tore out this page and rewrote this page and did this, I could get going and, and you know, just go, go, go. He said, now with an ELD, I know when I'm at the end of my day that I'm completely down for 10 hours. He said, I sleep now. And quite frankly, a better rested driver is a safer driver. And it's just that simple. Mm -hmm. Now, we did lose some production. We we lost um, about 12% production. But that's all right. It made us a safer company. Mm. Uh, I, have, I have another question for you. Yeah. Um, what do you think, we ask this to a lot of people, what do you think makes a successful truck driver? More than anything else, it's, it's, it's attitude. Really, the mechanics of driving a truck are not that difficult. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it just isn't. You know, there, there is a certain skill level to it, but it's, it's the attitude you have while you're behind the wheel. Are you going to try to present? I, I tell all my drivers when they come to work here, I said, look, I want you to drive 
like your mother is in every car that is around you and you're trying to impress her about what a really great driver you are. By courtesy, by safety, you know, not following too close, not being aggressive, um, you know, all these things. It's, it really is about attitude. Mm. I think that's, that's great stuff. That's great stuff. So, you know, one of the things we also, you know, I'm, I'm curious to talk to you about is you know, you've got, you know, you've got employees now and, and you're managing this, you're managing PTSI, um, driver retention. How do you guys retain drivers? What's your approach to retaining drivers? Simply, uh, number one, pay them well. Uh, I remember, and I won't mention any names, but I'm a member of the Oregon Trucking Association and American, you know, the ATA, both. And I was in an OTA meeting and the topic, and this was 10, 12 years ago, the topic was driver shortage. And I was talking to the owner of the largest fleet around here. And I said, I said, you know, I said, I can solve this driver shortage with two words. He asked me, he said, what's that? I said, pay them. I said, look, like the oil fields in North Dakota, it's a brutal, brutal, brutal place to work. But they don't have any trouble getting workers. Why? Because they pay them really, really well. Right. And I said, the same thing is true with truck drivers. I said, this is 10 or 12 years ago. If, if you take what a 1975 or 1976 when I started truck driver made and adjust for real inflation, that driver would be earning six figures now. Wow. I said they're not. They're well behind that. They've lost a lot to inflation over the years. And we have not been keeping up with driver pay. Well, this particular individual turned bright red in the face and said, I pay my people really well, turned around and did not talk to me for the rest of the evening. But the fact is that he, he doesn't. Um, he's starting to now because he has to, to attract new people, but he didn't do it willingly. We started raising our driver pay as fast as we could afford to. Uh, there were some years that our net profit was less than one half of 1%. Because we are paying our drivers well. Mm. And it really it really comes down to that. How well are you going to take care of your people? Not only do we pay our people well, but we also, we provide 100% of their benefits. Drivers do not participate at all. Uh, we buy medical insurance, dental insurance, vision insurance, life insurance, and a policy that if they get sick or hurt, off the job, they still get a paycheck. Wow, that's awesome. And uh, I'm sure from a morale perspective, from a retention perspective, that's just paid immense dividends, I'm assuming. Oh, it absolutely has. We we have a lot of long-term employees. And right now we've been uh, completely full since the first of the year. We've not wow. had not one single truck sitting. Mm, that's awesome. That's That's outstanding. That's great. Well, I mean, that's you're uh, that's that's 
That's so impressive. I'm so glad to see that approach is, is doing well and paying dividends for you guys over at PTSI. Nick, I'm so appreciative of your time. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to talk to you and get your perspective. One, one other thing that I will tell you that's important is you have to have your drivers put skin in the game. Mm. One of the other first things I'll tell them is, is it is not up to us here in the office whether you drive or you don't drive. We tell them right up front, if, if, if you wake up in the morning and you just have a feeling you shouldn't be driving that day, we don't want you out on the road. We don't care if the load's late. You know, we love it when it's on time, but if if everybody has a different skill set, so you have to put that in the driver's lap saying, all right, you're looking at the roads. You know what your skill set is. You know whether you should be driving or you shouldn't be driving. And if you feel you, you shouldn't be driving, all you have to do is pick up the phone and say, look, I'm sitting out today because I don't think it's safe out there. And you, we never ever push back from this office mm. that's that's really good stuff too again uh give the driver some skin in the game yeah no that's great that's great stuff that's great advice nick hewitt of professional transportation services incorporated it has been a pleasure thank you so much for spending some time thank you so much for imparting and sharing some wisdom uh over the you know over the course of your your trucking career we really appreciate it thank you Okay, and I'll just close by uh, anybody looking at this saying, make your drivers your partners, not your workers. Boy, I'm going to, that, that might be a bumper sticker. That's going to do it for the Successful Driver Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you later.